Welcome to another episode of the Paperclip Podcast, presented by BSDA. We have one clear goal, help you to become bigger. I am your host, Brett Stone. Today is episode two uh, of uh, season two. And whether you're a regular listener of the show or a new listener, I just want to take a moment and say thank you for listening. You are uh, certainly appreciated. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Photographer Supreme. That's my description. Uh, his description would be a lot more humble than that, as like a guy with a camera. A dude with a camera. <laughs> uh, his name is Adam Grisauskas. Adam, how are you going? Very good, thanks, man. How are you? Good, good. So the very first question I like to ask is uh, one that you've already answered in the version of this that didn't get, didn't make it to air. So hopefully this next version is just as interesting. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. It's a great answer, folks. Yeah, it's a great answer. Up, yeah. <laughs> so what was your very first job, and and what do you think you learned from it? Uh, my very first job was um, probably when I was about fifteen, and uh, I lived in a rural area and was doing market gardening. Uh, so that meant going out to the farm uh, near our house um, where they were growing vegetables and pumpkins and things like that. And um, after I um, got up at stupid o'clock in the morning, we'd have to go and weed rows and rows of vegetables and harvest vegetables and drive tractors and do all fun stuff like that. So. Um, I enjoyed it for the uh, driving the tractors part, the getting up early, not so much, the rain, hail or shine, not so much. And uh, I learned that um, it's probably one of those undervalued uh, jobs that farmers do. We don't realise how much actually goes into growing a crop. So, mm. yeah, I have an appreciation of it now. And do you think that applies to... I, I feel like it, it applies more than ever these days where we're constantly trying to get the most amount from the farmers for the lowest possible price. Well, not us, but obviously the supermarkets seem to be doing that all the time. Um, I imagine that if you went back to, if you had that knowledge and went back to 15-year-old Adam, that would be a, a pretty disheartening sort of piece of knowledge to learn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So... <clears throat> What made you want to work for yourself? Uh, working for myself uh, has come from, uh, I suppose, accumulation of lots of jobs working for other people. And uh, the more experience I got, the more I felt it was difficult to sit by and just soak up what the boss was saying was this is the way you should do it and uh, in a lot of cases there were better ways um, so uh, after a few episodes of uh, not being happy with that status quo I guess I turned around and said well you know I suppose I put uh, my money where my mouth is and um, try it for myself so yeah and what excites you about photography 
it can be easy. It can be hard. Uh, it's challenging. You'll never know it all. Um, but if you're someone that enjoys uh, problem solving, um, you'll enjoy photography because you're never going to have perfect conditions. You're always going to have challenging light, um, challenging briefs, varying budgets. So uh, you have to do whatever is within your power and problem solving ability to solve. And and I like pretty things. <laughs> and how did you learn the skills that you have to be able to, you know, work for yourself, to be able to, to make a career of being a photographer? Uh, having a natural interest and passion makes it easier. Um, it's never easy, but it's easier if you have a natural inclination or uh, love of what you're doing. Um, so I suppose that, it's the real basis of how I came to end up doing photography. Um, <clears throat> the more I did it, the better I got. And then people offered me money. I was like, oh, this is great. I can do something I actually enjoy and get paid for it. So, um, yeah, that's sort of how it came about. Yeah. I wonder if most porn actors start out the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody says, hey, you were really good at that. Here's 25 bucks. And they went, hang on a minute. <laughs> I have been told before I should consider a career change. <laughs> <laughs> so given that you've worked alongside other people in that team environment and you've worked alone, what are some of the differences between going it alone versus working with others? What are some of the things that really stand out for you? Uh, going alone is great because you're in control of your destiny. And uh, the positive is the more effort you put in, uh, the more you'll uh, be rewarded. So I think that's the positive. Um, on the other side, it can be a little bit lonely sometimes. Um, it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's not necessarily people in the same boat to bounce ideas off or um, uh, understand the pressures that you're under. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I'm aware of both sides of the coin, I must say. I think that that idea of uh, being alone or loneliness or um, not having other people to sort of bounce ideas off and that kind of thing. I think that's that's a big, that's a very common, uh, it's a common sort of uh, issue, I guess, that, that a lot of um, business owners have to, have to come up against. Mm. Are there any tips that you have or is there anything that you've, you've been able to do or try to sort of overcome that? Uh, yeah, there is actually. So, um, having a plan is probably the first thing you should do, whether you follow it to the nth degree is, you know, another thing, but at least have a general plan of what you want to achieve in that year and sort of break it back down into monthly, weekly sort of goals. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and also to find people who have succeeded 
already in the area that you wish to succeed in so mm. that uh, you take a lot of the guesswork and the mistakes uh, out or at least reduce them. Uh, that's probably my biggest takeaway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think it, it, um, I can imagine that doing it that way would, would mean you have that confidence in knowing kind of what's happening, what's coming, um, you know, by planning it. And at the same time, it means that if you find that you need to step away or go and be around other people for a little while or that kind of thing, you can always come back to that plan. You can always keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, that's good advice. Yeah. So what would you say that up until now has been the single greatest challenge that you've faced and how did you overcome it? Or have you overcome it? Just one. <laughs> Just one. Just the one. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've overcome them all. Um, I suppose the biggest the biggest challenge that I have overcome is reframing. So um, the reframing side of things is me acknowledging the stress me acknowledging the um, the difficult side of it and reframing it as um, exciting and positive. Um, you might not necessarily know the answers, but you're you haven't lived this long by being you know <laughs> a total nuffy, so you will figure it out. Um, you do have people you can reach out to. You just have to you know put your pride to the side and and reach out to people and network and um, perhaps find mentors in different areas. So that's probably the biggest one for me is, you know, acknowledging, yes, it's not easy and reframing those challenges into more positive aspects. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest. <clears throat> that's a really good one. Mm. And if you had to do it all again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently and, and why? Uh, probably start earlier. Mm. Yeah, start earlier. It's, so do you uh, feel like you just, you, you put it off for too long? Is that what, what you mean? Or is it just something that you sort of, it's like, oh, I wish I knew this, I could do this sooner. Well, uh, starting your own business, I loosely call it a, I suppose it's some sort of apprenticeship you think you know mm. stuff in your first year but it's not until you <laughs> a few years in that you realise how much you didn't know um, and starting that journey a little bit earlier um, means it would have been I suppose uh, a lot further along earlier mm. and um, and I, but a lot of it's self-talk um, a lot of people want to try new things, but they won't because they tell themselves they can't. And I'm, I've been guilty of that in the past. So, mm. um, How do you get around something like that? Uh, by being around the right people. Um, mm. That's important. Uh, because if you're hanging around non-believers, that's not going to help your cause. Yeah. And by saying that, I don't mean people who blindly believe everything you say, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be fine. But, you know. Um, That's right, because you don't need yes men or women either. No, no. You're talking people who've got business experience um, or um, people who are further along in your um, 
in your field um, mm. that you can bounce off rather than you know wondering if uh, you should or shouldn't start. You know, talk to people who are already doing well. Yep. And um, yeah, and take out some of that stress. Yeah. I think one of the biggest, um, I think like it's a really common um, almost fear is that if I don't know what to do, how would I possibly find out? Like, it's not like the people that I'm sharing this space with are going to, um, or this field with, are, are going to tell me their secrets because that's what makes them successful. But it's actually like the furthest from the truth. Um, I, I would say like in my experience at least, and you, you know, I'd welcome to hear what your experience has been like as well. But certainly for me, I found that, you know, 90% of the time, people that are doing what I'm doing or have done it or have tried it or that kind of thing are more than willing to share their stories of like how they became successful or what, you know, what little tips and tricks they can give that, that might help a particular situation. Yeah, I have to agree. I think um, knowing, knowing now, you know, knowing now what I know now, like I'm an expert, but <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking about what you just said, I think uh, we naturally assume, no, like you said, no one's going to tell us. Why would they tell us? That's mm. their secret source. They've taken years to figure it out and they're just going to hand it to me. <laughs> uh, but by the same token, you know, we've all had people um, who are less experienced than us ask us for advice and how quickly we appreciate someone who's making the effort and give them mm -hmm. advice. So why would you think it would be any different by you doing the same thing? Yeah. And, human nature, yeah. and that all that hard work that you've, you know, you've already spoken about, like all that learning, those failures, those, all, all that stuff that you go through when starting a business or, or just trying to grow a business, they're all things that you go, oh, shit, like I wish I knew how to do this before or that kind of thing. But when somebody asks you that maybe, you know, if you're at year, whatever, year three and they're at like week four of their business and they say, oh, you know, just wondering about this. And you go, oh, oh I can tell you everything about this. And quickly, very quickly, you forget how, um, or it all comes flooding back to you what it felt like to be at that four week mark and, and how, um, almost grateful you are to be able to share the knowledge that you've picked up over the time that you've been running your business as well. Yeah, for sure. So what, what do you think is the best advice you've been given? Um, well, that's an interesting one. So uh, the best advice uh, would have to be waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And what do you think, if I had to ask you for your best advice, mm. so let's say, you know, you're, you're now in front of somebody that's four weeks in and they come to you and they say, what's the best advice you can give me? I'm, you know, I'm, I love photography. I've, you know, I've loved, loved, you know, I've, I've looked at Instagram my whole life. <laughs> I just love photography, photos of chips and burgers. And, no, 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 I'm just joking. So that, 
you know, they've, they've really, um, you know, they're very passionate about photography and they've decided that they really want to take the leap and try to be a photographer full time, or at least as a side hustle until they make enough money. Mm. What, what would be the best advice that you could give somebody like that? Uh, look, you still have to have, no matter which field of photography you're going into, you still have to have your core knowledge or basics down, I guess. So uh-huh. I'll probably start with that. And, um, and then probably choose something that doesn't require people. Like you can just grab your camera and go. For me, that was landscape photography mm-hmm. and, um, you know, shooting over and over and over and over until you get better and better and better mm-hmm. results is the best way to learn. Um, so... Yeah. And is that shooting different things or is it shooting the same thing over and over, like shooting a sunset at 5.30 p.m.? Mm. Is it doing that over and over or is it doing that Monday and then on Tuesday it's, you know, shooting a cat and then on Wednesday it's shooting cars over the bridge and this yeah. kind of thing? Well, the, the thing is if you want to, using Instagram as your, as your um, lead before, that's fine to look at Instagram and, and get inspiration, but you, you look at it and get inspiration and then use that as a challenge. Go and find your version of that. Mm. How would you recreate that? Why is it blurry in the background? Why is it sharp in the background in the next photo? Finding out those little differences and reasons why um, means you're going to have to learn the, the physics of it anyway. Mm. And then, um, yeah, and if you can do that without necessarily um imposing any anyone or using having to need other people as an excuse to not do it mm. um then you're going to be ahead of the game so yeah so i want to shift gears a little bit and talk about mm. advertising and marketing in business mm. so thinking back to the first time you actively sought out your first client so you kind of went on the front foot looking for someone mm. um what what did you do to kind of drum up interest or to draw attention to the fact that you know you could you could do that for them yeah uh i suppose uh being available being friendly being in the right place at the right time um being introverted i find that a little bit challenging um but uh if people don't know you they won't uh consider using you so um, we're all going to prefer to work with someone we know, even if it's just a little bit that we know them, mm. as opposed to, you know, someone out of yellow pages, like that's chalk and cheese, you know. Mm. Would you go to a dentist you just pulled off the internet? Or if your friend says, hey, I've got a really good dentist, you should go and check them out. Mm. Which one are you going to use? So, um yeah, getting out there and, and being, you know, doing a few little um, small paying or charity gigs doesn't hurt either. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously limit that because you don't want to be the guy that does it for nothing forever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's probably a common mistake that a lot of new business owners make as well is that you've that, that balance of doing something for nothing or next to nothing to get that experience and to build a name for yourself. Um, can very quickly become, um, you know, job after job after job of not getting paid because you don't know where to draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I think that's that can be um, a challenge in itself. Yeah, definitely. How do you make clients feel welcome or special after the first time you've contacted them? So, for example, let's say you know you're at a, you know, uh, I know you do these sometimes with like a group where you go along to like a particular location and it might be like walking as a group and taking photos or that kind of thing. So let's say you met like a model or um, a subject uh, on one of those and um, they wanted to get you to do some work. How would you make them feel welcome or special after that very first contact with them? You know, like if you were going to then send you, you know, you exchange email addresses and then you get back to your office and you go, right, I need to send this person an email or a phone call or a text or whatever. What approach would you take to do that? Uh, personally, my approach is to uh, get that person to tell me more. So the more mm-hmm. I can get that person talking and telling me their problem and what they want to achieve, then I can think of the right solution for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily about coming back, you know, uh, rustling up some sort of proposal and sending it to them. It's more mm-hmm. about, all right, well, how can I get in front of this person? How can I find out more? Um, you know, what do they want to do with this work? Um, are they hoping to achieve more sales? Are they um, wanting more clients? Why, why do they want this job done? And then once I understand that, then I feel I'm a better place to offer a solution rather than just, I think they're like this and it's cheap. So here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how do social media services like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram uh, assist with like the growth and the awareness of your photography? Uh yeah okay so um i can leverage those platforms but a lot of my stuff is probably word of mouth or knowing other people in the industry as well so Mm -hmm. that um generally speaking you know if uh, another professional can't do a job um that they're going to be comfortable referring you work mm-hmm. and vice versa that you're comfortable referring them work and um neither of you going to burn the client for the other person yep um so building relationships like that really helps um mm-hmm. it's, there's there's work out there and um yeah social media to a lesser degree um I should probably put my finger out a bit more on that if I'm to be completely honest. <laughs> but, you um, wouldn't be the first business owner that I've spoken to on this podcast well, this that is, said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, coming from an artistic point of view, it's um, it's, it's I find this a, it's a dangerous game for a photographer because are you getting clients or are you getting likes? And if you're doing it to, be, to become a little likeable, then, you know, it's, it's a dangerous game to play because you know, there's millions of people out there with, with lots of time in their hand that spend the whole time just crafting mm. their Instagram feeds. and uh, Yeah, it's true. I'd rather be doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you think the, the most valuable free tool 
that you've used either to promote your work or to create your work has been? Uh, and you can't say, like, not to suggest you would, but mm. you can't use things like, you know, like this hacked version of something, oh, like, uh, like a real, oh. like a real free tool. <laughs> A real free tool. Have you heard of Canva before? Ah, oh, I know, I know Canva. You do? Yeah. It's really, uh, it's, it's a really good tool. <laughs> <laughs> People love mocking my love of Canva. No, 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 I love mocking. Talk about non-believers. Um, not a, not all of us are, are blessed with the Photoshop and Lightroom <laughs> skills that, that you have, Adam. No, no, that's fine. I'm stirring. <laughs> that actually, great. It's a great tool. Um, free tools. Uh, there's not many free tools that I actually use. Um, I suppose Audacity for audio, uh, your mm-hmm. audio stuff. Um, yep. GIMP for um, photo manipulation. Yeah. Um, which is like a open source Photoshop. Mm. Probably my two main ones that I've Yeah, okay. Before. No, they're good. They're yeah. good. Yeah. And that's the point of this is to try and, you know, we talk a lot about the things that we do and how we do them in business and that kind of thing and kind of the journey. But mm. um, I like to kind of draw attention and, and bring some of these tools that, you know, there's a lot. There's lots and lots of different businesses that I've spoken to as part of this podcast and they all do different things. And so... Um, hearing the the various free tools that they have at their disposal and what they use, um, you know they're all very different. So it's it's always good to hear good examples as well. I will, I will say that the free tools are great, and I don't think there's one area uh, of marketing or photography or video that you won't find a free tool that you can use to some degree for just about any task. The challenge is when you get busier um, then paying that little bit for the uh, premium tools then it starts to pay off mm-hmm. because you can always find a workaround in yep. the meantime but then when you get so busy uh, it becomes a lot easier to stay in for me it'll be the Adobe ecosystem for example yeah I know that I can switch between easy eight different applications they all talk to each other they all mm. you know I don't have to worry about it whereas um uh, the free tools that might be a little bit janky, but we'll still get the job done. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice too. And I think I've certainly um, done that as well in, you know, thinking back to, you know, managing social media accounts for clients one at a time, um, yeah. creating content in, you know, Excel spreadsheets and that kind of thing. Mm. Instead, <laughs> for those of you that can't see Adam's eyes, just about popped out of his head there. Um, that, that's exactly right. And that's, but you know, it's that old, you know, you don't know what you don't know, or, you know, you don't know what are available until you start talking to people or you do a bit of Googling and, and you find some stuff. And for me, I was fortunate to find a pretty good tool that, you know, even though it costs, you know, 150 bucks a month or something like that, the time that I saved using that meant that, um, you know, you could either build in 20 bucks a month, you know, for a client or, you can just absorb the cost yourself because of the money that you're making doing the work anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you've got to reach that critical mass too to make the plan worth it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's only one more question I have for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's the next big thing for you? 
What's the next big one for me? <laughs> Great question. I have to press pause and uh, come back to this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the next big thing for me, I must say, uh, I've been overcoming a lot in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And the next big thing for me is to be able to move past a lot of things and um, really enjoy the process of growing a business um, and put my fear to the side and uh, come what may enjoy the journey, I think. Um, the expression, you know, just because you're making money or just because you're wealthy, you don't think it'll make it make you happy. Um, I'm aware that uh, I need to work on my happiness a little bit. So that's my uh, end goal, if we're to get all Dr. Phil, I guess. Holy shit, that might be the best fucking answer to that question ever. <laughs> that was great. That was really great. And as somebody who, who um, for those that don't know, I work with Adam quite a bit. And so as somebody that works with you on a regular basis, hearing you talk about that and making that a priority is really exciting for me too. Thanks, Because, um, you know, you always, I think any of the, uh, any of the successful business owners that I talk to always talk about how, obviously not willingly usually, but how they're able to help other people get to the next level or how they're able to, um, you know, help somebody move up or move on or take action or those kind of things. And so, you know, thinking about thinking back to when we first started working together, maybe I don't know, eighteen months or more ago now, it's it's great to to see how during that time, even just your thinking about what you do and mm-hmm. and you know whether it's good enough, whether it's you know whether it's um, enough at all, whether it, you know people will pay for it, all these kind of things. Um, having seen those doubts a little bit, all those questions, and then um, getting you into this podcast reluctantly and hearing an answer like that about you know how you're really looking forward to what that those next few steps are and what that journey is for you is like for someone like me that's kind of seen my little piece of your life so far mm. that's a pretty exciting answer to hear that's so cool thanks man appreciate that so if you would like to learn more about adam and his photography you should check him out on instagram his at is quite the ninja i'm gonna go and post something quickly just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so as always i'll close the show today with a great quote and this one is from seth godin hard work is about risk It begins when you deal with the things that you'd rather not deal with. Fear of failure, fear of standing out, fear of rejection. Hard work is about training yourself to leap over this barrier, drive through the other barrier, and after you've done that, to do it again the next day. (laughs) You've (laughs) You've been listening to the Paperclip podcast presented by BSDA. We have one clear goal, help you to become bigger. If you'd like to learn more about growing your business, head to bsda.com.au. And until next time, keep growing. Namaste.